Welcome to TSX Quarterly, the podcast that brings you publicly available earnings calls from companies listed on the Toronto Stock Exchange in one convenient location. Gone are the days of looking through confusing websites. You'll find the important information right here. Enjoy the call. Good day and welcome to the Mass Beauty Brands third quarter 2021 earnings conference call. Today's conference is being recorded. At this time, I would like to turn the conference over to Craig Armitage. Please go ahead, sir. Thank you and good morning, everyone. Uh, just a quick note before we get started that our remarks today may provide certain information regarding our expectations, future plans and intentions that may constitute forward-looking statements. I would refer you to the most recently filed MDNA or the AIF both of which are available on our website and on CDAR. Uh, these include a summary of the significant assumptions underlying these forward-looking statements and certain risks that could affect the company's performance and the ability to deliver on these forward-looking statements. You'll find the Q3 earnings release, the financial statements, and the MDNA on the IR section of the website. Uh, I'd also highlight that in the financial discussion today, the comparisons are Q3 2021 versus Q3 2020, unless otherwise stated. With that, I'll turn the call over to Serge Giardini. Go ahead, Serge. Uh, thank you, Craig. Good morning, and uh, welcome to MAF's third quarter conference call. I'm joined by Laurel McKay our Chief Financial Officer. Today, I will comment on the Q3 results and our operational and strategic priorities before Laurel goes a bit deeper on the financial results. We will then take your questions. Laurel and I have been able to speak with a number of you since we joined the company in August. I look forward to continuing the dialogue. I've been in the beauty business for the past 30 years, and over the last three months, I have frequently been asked what appealed me to the mad opportunity. The simple answer is the attractive fundamentals. The category, an engaged and passionate team, and the portfolio of desirable, differentiated, and complementary brands. Each of our brands has a unique voice and expertise, and also benefits from the shared operating platforms, platform that allows for efficient operations and the ability to scale profitably. The strategy is sound in a market with underlying growth and resilience. Having said that, we also recognize that a strategy is as good as the execution. And clearly, there's work to be done to improve our day-to-day -day execution across many areas of the business. In time, this will translate into better reported results for sales, margins, EBITDA, and free cash flow. As for the Q3 results, Quite simply, they're disappointing across these measures. We'll also elaborate on the non-cash goodwill impairment recognized this quarter. Net sales were down 22% in the third quarter to 24.7 million, and by 11% year-to-date to 82.5 million. As with Q2, the sale decrease reflects net distribution losses from retail planogram resets. In this quarter, we're also seeing the impact of the subsequent inventory adjustments by these same retailers. The solid performance year-to-date of two of our brands was more than offset by the year-on-year -year decreases of our other two brands. Mark Anthony, the largest brand in the portfolio, continues to perform well, building on a 25-year heritage of professional expertise both to the mass and drug channels. The new packaging initiative has been well-received and is contributing to this performance. Year-to-date QS growth is ahead of the overall category as measured by Nielsen for the U.S. mass channel. We also continue to experience rapid growth in e-commerce. 
Cake, our naturally luxe beauty brand, continues its double-digit growth with strong performance from U.S. expansion in U.S. drug and rapid growth on Amazon. Our other two brands are not performing as well. Rentier distribution was significantly reduced this year, mainly from discontinuation in the hair care range. Distribution was right-sized into higher-performing doors, which is gradually helping improve velocities. Going forward, we're focused on course queue productivity and marketing initiatives that will emphasize the efficacious clean beauty positioning of the brand. The main choice has also continued to face the challenge of reduced distribution in the U.S. and, and uh, mass and drug channels. Our e-commerce has also been disrupted. Having said that, we're excited by the relaunch of our website for this quarter, the progress made to engage directly with our largest e-commerce partner, as well, as well as the engagement momentum we're seeing within our social media community. We're confident that these efforts will re-energize our digital presence and help restore overall momentum. Other notable positives for the main choice are the year-to-date performance of the specialty channel, as well as the operational benefits of the integration that are gradually materializing. In the quarter, we closed our company-operated warehouse in Alabama and consolidated our inventory with an existing logistic partner. As a result, processes, procedures, and modus operandi are now consistent across all our brands that also operate under a single ERP. We continue to believe each of our brands has a unique voice and a distinct brand equity that we can strengthen over time. As mentioned last quarter, we plan to prudently and gradually increase our marketing investments, bringing us closer to our peer set. We're also committed to working closely with our retail partners on a creative go-to-market initiatives, as well as product innovation as we move the combined portfolio back to above category growth, which is our stated medium and long-term objective. We are hard at work building the awareness and desirability for our brands while supporting the business through enhanced execution. From an operations perspective, there are multiple initiatives underway. We have recently adopted an integrated business planning framework, which should, over time, significantly reduce customer non-compliance charges and inventory carrying costs, among other benefits. We have also initiated a strategic review with our third-party manufacturers and logistic partners to identify productivity efficiency, and improvement opportunities, notably to address the impact of inflation. Over the last two years, we have made investments in the IT platform, namely the ERP, and we believe we can still hear productivity gains from improved usage. This is a snapshot of our work streams and plans, which we expect will help us improve customer service and achieve material efficiencies and cost savings. From a financing perspective, we took an important step for the organization with the recent amendments to our credit facilities which provide for additional flexibility while we manage through these near-term headwinds. Laurel will expand on the amendments and her comments. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. In a market that continues, uh, continues to show signs of recovery, the team is engaged, and we remain confident in the fundamental strength of our business as we strive to achieve improved and consistent results for our stakeholders. Laurel will now take us through some additional financials. Thank you, Serge. Good morning, and thank you for joining us today. 
Our full filings are available online, so my comments will concentrate on the key issues and metrics including margins, the goodwill impairment, and debt. Total net sales results were lower than last year, partly due to net distribution changes in the North American region. For this region, revenue decreased 24% to $22.9 million in Q3 2021, compared to $30 million in Q3 2020. For the international region, revenue increased 6% from $1.7 million last year to $1.8 million in Q3 2021, based on the continuing recovery from COVID-19. Gross prop Gross profit decreased 34% to $10.3 million in Q3 2021, compared to $15.7 million in Q3 2020. Gross profit margin was 41.8% in Q3 2021, down from 49.6% in Q3 2020, with a modest increase from 40.1% in Q2 2021. The year-over-year declines are mainly the result of three factors. Close to half of the difference is related to increased trade spend in the quarter. This includes sales discounts, markdowns, and promotional activity. The next major factor is cost inflation. As we touched on last quarter, we have seen an increase in supply chain input costs, such as commodity and transportation costs, along with unfavorable foreign exchange over the comparative period. Cost inflation has increased input costs by mid to high single digits. The impact of this increase is partially affecting cost of goods sold in Q3, and the full impact will be reflected in future quarters as these factors work through the full inventory cycle. The third driver of lower margins is sales of non-core products at lower gross margins as we rationalize and improve the quality of our inventory. To offset these impacts, we are working on better managing trade spend in order to get back to historical levels over time. We are also assessing price increase opportunities for 2022 in concert with procurement cost savings initiatives. In addition, we anticipate benefits from the newly implemented integrated business planning Surge mentioned. This new approach will help us to improve our service levels and optimize working capital. Lastly, we will continue to rationalize and sell non-core products with a controlled approach. Excluding share-based compensation charges, Adjusted selling and administration expenses were $7.3 million, up from $6.9 million in last year's Q3. I'd also like to highlight that this line item decreased by $0.5 million from $7.8 million in Q2. The decreases in revenue and gross profit, as well as the variance in adjusted selling and admin expense in Q3, all resulted in adjusted EBITDA of $3.1 million, down from $8.7 million in the prior period. In the quarter, the review of several factors led to a material non-cash charge of $129 million for impairment of goodwill. As you may know, each quarter, we assess whether there is an indication that goodwill and indefinite life intangible assets may be impaired. The Q3 impairment analysis considered multiple factors and inputs. Our share price declined from $4.75 to $2.18 between June 30th and September 30th, 2021. Management revised the internal revenue outlook, taking into account the revenue decline in Q3 2021 compared to Q3 2020, the latest in-store retail consumption data, and initial retailer platform indications for 2022. In addition, we recognized that supply chain input costs were increasing faster than previously forecasted, 
which is impacting gross profit margins. As a result, we reported a significant net loss of $103.1 million in Q3 2021 versus net income of $3.6 million last year. Adjusted net income was positive $0.3 million compared with $4.2 million in Q3 2020. Adjusted earnings per share on a diluted basis was $0.01 cent per share in Q3 2021 compared with $0.10 cents per diluted share in Q3 2020. Adjusted free cash flow for Q3 came in at $1.8 million versus $4.4 million, reflecting the reduction in operating cash flow over the prior year. In the quarter, we reduced our debt by $7.5 million, and at quarter end, our net debt stood at $121.6 million, net of cash of $11.9 million. As Serge touched on, and you'll see in today's press release, we recently worked with our lending syndicate to amend our credit facilities. Among the changes, the most significant one was an adjustment to the primary financial covenant, total net leverage ratio. The revised agreement provides us additional headroom to further implement the changes we have discussed today, all of which are ultimately aimed at generating better and more consistent operating earnings and free cash flow. The amended agreement also provides for the repayment of the term facility at a rate of 5% per annum in quarterly installments commencing on March 31, 2022, and increased the anticipated interest rate to LIBOR plus 3.5% per annum. This updated facility is a major step for the organization, and we appreciate the support of our banking partners. I will now turn the call back to Serge for closing comments. Serge? Thank you, Laura. We understand we have given you a lot to digest with today's results. As we stated, there's much work ahead to strengthen the business performance as we strive to achieve improved and consistent results for our stakeholders. In a market that continues to show signs of recovery, we remain confident in the fundamental strength of our business, the unique and complementary brand portfolio, the efficiency of a common operating platform, the team's expertise, and our entrepreneurial spirit. Thank you for your support. Now, operator, please open the call up to questions. Thank you. If you would like to ask a question, please signal by pressing star 1 on your telephone keypad. If you're using a speakerphone, please make sure your mute function is turned off to allow your signal to reach your equipment. Again, press star 1 to ask a question. We'll pause for just a moment to allow everyone an opportunity to signal for questions. As a reminder, please press star 1 to ask a question. We'll take our first question from Sabahat Khan with RBC Capital. All right, great. Thanks and good morning. Um, just wanted to get some perspective on, as you look to the kind of the tail end of this year and into next year, the, some of these trends that you saw to the Q3. Do you see them continuing into Q4? You know, is, when do you think you start to lap some of those uh, challenging comps from the some of the delistings of the product from earlier this year? Um, so good morning, Sabal, and thank you for joining us. Um, we'll, we'll see the, we're, we're anticipating a gradual uh, anniversary of uh, uh, of I think this change of um, distribution footprint. Uh, we've gradually lost uh, distribution earlier in the year, and therefore I think as we come to uh, uh, the end of Q1 and Q2 next year, this should be behind us. Okay, and then I guess just in terms of some of the, the input cost uh, issues that you highlighted, 
So can you just maybe, before, I know you mentioned a little bit about, you know, working with the supply chain partners, but can you maybe provide some color on, you know, price implementation or reformulation or any of those things that you're considering as uh, you address some of those inflationary headwinds? So everything is, is, is on the table. We have a long-standing relationship with our third-party manufacturers and logistic partners, and uh, we're um, looking at opportunities to find uh, um, ways to cut costs uh, in order to mitigate the impact uh, of inflation that we've seen so far. Uh, simultaneously, we're assessing the opportunity for select price increases with uh, by brand and with our retail partners, and um, we will gradually give you updates on uh, on our progress there. Um, you know that sounds good. And then I guess on kind of the 2022 outlook, do you have some of those price implementations in place, or how you, how should we think about maybe you know the margins uh, as we look into 22? Um, we're really looking at, as we said, we are trying to implement some select price increases uh, starting 2022, and um, that's work in progress. Great, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Once again, please press star 1 to ask a question. It appears there are no further questions at this time. Thank you for joining us today on today's call, and have a good day. Thank you. This concludes today's call. Thank you for your participation. You may now disconnect. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward with each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Thank you for listening to TSX Quarterly. If you enjoyed the cast, remember to leave a good rating. And remember, for any additional inquiries, please consult the company's investor relations section on their website. See you next time.